Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast. My name is Emma Mumford and I'm your host. I'm an award-winning blogger, YouTuber, life coach, badass entrepreneur, manifester, and author. My mission is to awaken and to inspire women to live their best lives now and to find their purpose in life. I do this through sharing the power of law of attraction and spirituality. I hope my podcast will inspire you to raise your game and to start living your best life today. Without further ado, let's get started with this week's episode. So thank you so much guys for joining me for another one of my Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast episodes. Today I'm really excited to have Clara Hermit on my podcast. So Clara is a presenter on BBC Radio London. She's an interviewer and personal development coach. Clara's work focuses on helping people revolutionize themselves and their lives so they can find freedom, empowerment and liberation. And I love this. Thank you so much Clara for being here today. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. And uh, yeah, I'm pleased to be on the podcast. Well, it's, it's, we're doing it the other way around. I came on your show, didn't I, a few weeks ago? So it's nice to be interviewing you for once. I know, it's funny to be on the other side like, with, the, with being questioned as opposed to being the person that's answering the questions. But I will do my very best, um, <laughs> the best answers I can. I'll follow your example. I'm sure you will. So my first question to you today then is something I ask all of my podcast guests. When did you spiritually awaken and what's your story? So, uh, God, it's quite, it's quite a long story. So I'm going to try and keep it short and sweet as I possibly can. And, and I think that my life kind of goes into these, you know, like I've kind of broken it into sections to be able to explain it easier. So, um, my, I had like a really idyllic childhood and it was really beautiful. And I grew up on a farm and then my mum died of breast cancer when I was nine. Um, and then it was literally like I woke up and everything looked the same, but nothing was the same at all. Um, and I just think that we don't know as a society how to deal with death very well. And certainly I don't feel like my family knew how to deal with it very well. Um, and so started for me a life of like complete chaos. And I just guess a life where I didn't, I, no one was checking in with me. No one was ever saying, are you okay? What's going on for you? So there was kind of all of these things happening, which I guess happened to loads of us. But I was kind of just left to my own devices to figure out um, to figure out life. life. Yeah, and it didn't go that well. 
Um, so it was just very chaotic. There was eating disorders, there was bullying, there was just all kinds of crazy behaviours. And, and my life, life was just really chaotic and, and a little bit um, mad. Uh, and then my older sister, Emily, when I was in my um, early 20s, was diagnosed with breast cancer. She was 25. I think I was about 22. Um, and she had breast cancer for six and a half years. years. And that six and a half years was probably the most chaotic part of my life. Um, I, I would say that I, I was talking about this to someone the other day, and I would say that I was like a, a sex addict during that time. And I don't think I was actually addicted to um to having sex i was addicted to the escapism to the closeness to the affection and i didn't know how to communicate with people so i thought that was the only way that i could be close to people it was just a huge mess um and when my sister passed away which was actually about eight years ago um that's when things changed for me and probably about six months before she passed away someone had given me the secret dvd to watch and i was in a place where i was suffering with depression, with anxiety, um, with panic attacks. And someone gave me this DVD and I watched it and I was just like, what is this? It made me really angry actually, um, because I felt like I was so far away from who I wanted to be and what I wanted to be. And this was just telling me, change your thoughts and it would change your whole entire life, which is true. But if you're right at the bottom of a ladder, you can't just jump to the top without putting your foot on the rungs and climbing up the steps. And it didn't have any steps, but I think something in me recognized that there was truth in it. Um, and so I started reading more, more and more. Um, and when Emily died, I kind of made a commitment to myself that if she can't be here and my mum can't be here and I am here, I have a duty not just to myself, but to them as well to make my life the best it can possibly be. And it hasn't been plain sailing and it wasn't like an overnight epiphany like magical awakening that we read about um, that some people have. It's been like eight years of work, of dipping in, dipping out, of retreats, of uh, seminars, of books, um, and, and living life and experiencing things. But now I'm finally, I really feel like I'm getting somewhere um, and being able to, all the things that I've learned over the years to actually put them into practice. Um, but I think one of the things that I have learned as I get older and I guess wiser is that really I know nothing. So the more I learn, the less I know, um, if that makes any sense. But yeah, so that's kind of how I discovered um, spirituality and it has come to be a huge part of my life. Well, clearly a massive part of your life with, you know, such an unfortunate event with your mum and your sister, obviously triggering that for you as such. So how were you able to overcome losing your mum and sister at such a young age? I think with, um, with my mum, because I was a child and it happened and no one said, oh, there's this thing called grief. It's a process you need to go through. Like, no one even spoke about it. It was like, yeah, it's happened. And now we carry on as if it hadn't, which you can't really do. So the way that I kind of explain it is like, okay, if my family was a house and the house um, got like hit by a, um, an earthquake and the foundations had you know, big cracks in, all the walls had big cracks in. To make that house stable and safe and secure again, you need to knock the whole thing down, put new foundations in and rebuild the house. And then it's strong, it's stable, it's secure. But what happened in my family is we just plastered over the cracks so that it looked okay, 
but underneath it was falling it was broken um and so I never processed my mum's death I never dealt with it and I went on to adulthood with carrying this huge emotional burden and I think that's why my life was so chaotic and I couldn't really function I couldn't really like I found it hard to you know like hold down a job I found it hard to have relationships because there was just this huge I guess it was like a um, trauma that I was carrying around that I hadn't dealt with and I hadn't processed and no one was telling me that I was supposed to I also I had um, bulimia I was like really uh, self self-loathing I had a boob job when I was 20 because I thought that would fix my whole entire life and and make everything great note to self it didn't work um <clears throat> but yeah so I don't think I dealt with my mum's death until probably the last like four years um and when I think when Emily died it was really different because I knew her I had her in my life for 28 years um she was my best friend and I, I think when I lost her, it was a completely different experience as an adult. First of all, I went straight back to work and carried on as if nothing had happened. And then I was like, hold on a second, this doesn't work. I know this doesn't work. So what I actually did for the first time in my life was to communicate properly with the people I had around me. So like my friends who were there, who were supportive, and it just kind of taught me a different way. And I, I read books about grief and I realized that grief is a process that I'm entitled to, that we're all entitled to, that's there for a reason for us to heal. So um, Emily's death was, was kind of, was much easier for me to process, but my mum's death, I still carried it around. And what would happen is something could happen that would trigger a certain train of, of thoughts that I guess had become so ingrained in, in my person that I would end up, they would always end in the same way, which would be me crying hysterically, wanting my mum back as if it had just happened. And now I'm doing this as, you know, like a 30 year old woman. And I'm like, hold on, this, this can't be right. I, I understand that I would always miss my mum, but for me to be this emotional about it and for it to knock me off my feet and to make me feel the way that it's making me feel for days on end, that's not okay. Um, so I really had to start like, looking at that and working out why I was still carrying it how like how was I gonna release it how was I gonna let go of it how was I gonna find peace with it I guess and be okay with it and that has only really happened recently um like I said like the last kind of four years or so I guess what happened I forgot to mention this in my story is that I um carry the BRCA1 gene mutation the breast cancer causing gene mutation um which was discovered because my sister had it. So they tested me, I have it. Um, and so I had a preventative double mastectomy, which is about five years ago now. And I think that was the start of, of me facing me, if that makes sense. So I had like, I, I, don't, I think I'd built this kind of persona to keep me, you know, keep me functioning. And that was kind of part of like having the boob job and, feeling like being sexy was the only thing that I had to offer and the whole kind of like having sex as a way of getting like emotion emotion and feeling connection and feeling love um, and when I had that operation I I guess like I felt really really liberated it felt very cathartic to be like I felt it gave me a sense of freedom it also made me feel like none of my life made sense so I quit everything and went traveling for 10 months um, which I think was a really great thing. Um, and I'm so glad that I did that. So there was a lot of different things, but I think the biggest thing is, is facing it and knowing it's there 
and deciding to do something about it. Um, and I've done so many different things. Some of them haven't been particularly helpful. Some of them have been massively helpful because we're all so different. So we all need different things to help us, but there is a plethora of things out there. Um, and yeah, the biggest thing is knowing that it's there and making a commitment to do it, but taking responsibility in the sense that I can fix this. Like I am in control. I'm the one who, who has to do the work. It's up to me. It's no one else's job. It's no one else's fault. This is my life. Um, and yeah, and I can do something about it. And so I'm going to. And it's so true. Like it's so true what you say about taking responsibility of your healing and having the control to work through that. And I mean, a double mastectomy is massive, massive. I mean, how did, how did that, you know, how did you find life adjusting to that? Did you, did you have to do like divine feminine work? I mean, what came up for you when you had your operation? No, I, you know what? I, I felt like, um, I felt really positive. I didn't rush into doing it. So I knew that I had the gene for quite a while. And then there was just one particular day. I'd never really thought about it. It hadn't really crossed my mind. I guess there'd been so much else going on with my sister um, that I just hadn't, it hadn't even dawned on me. And I just had kind of pushed it out of my mind, I guess. And there was one day where I was like in the bath, kind of checking my boobs. And I was like, that could be a lump. No, that could be a lump. That could be. And I just had kind of like this, I was filled with panic. And I just thought, you know what? this is the first and the last time I ever want to feel like this. And that was the day that I called my doctor and then made an appointment to go and see my doctor to then go to the uh, BRCA clinic. And so started the cycle of me ending up having the operation. Um, but I think it was just, it, I didn't feel like I was losing anything that I particularly needed or that made me, me. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It, it gave me like an excuse to be vulnerable. So prior to the operation, all the stuff that I'd done. So as a presenter had been kind of like funny. Um, it was in like the grime world and the hip hop world. And I was interviewing artists and I'd always been very like cheeky. Um, and when I went through the operation, I did like a Radio 1 documentary and we did lots of different stuff. And I was very open and honest about my feelings and showing who I was as a whole entity rather than just one um, one side of myself, which is what people had seen before. And the response to me being vulnerable was really beautiful. And so it gave me permission to just be myself. Whereas I'd spent years thinking, no, I don't want anyone to know about, you know, that, that this is who I am or that I have this kind of vulnerable side to me, which we all do. Um, I was able to, to realize that actually people like this part of me and I think I accepted myself and I learned to love my body that operation made me think oh my god like I've spent all of this time worrying and thinking that I am my body and my body is the most important thing and really it's it's just not like yeah I want to look after it it's a tool it's a blessing it's a vehicle it's the thing with which I'm gonna you know be with for the whole entire time that I'm on the planet in this particular um manifestation but it's not I don't need to punish it all the time I need to be nice to it and it gave me like a huge sense of freedom I don't know how to explain it because I think for some people it can work the opposite way but for me it was just like no like this body is amazing and whenever I say like I'll go to my body I've set another crazy challenge for this year and it's my mind that decides I'm going to do it. It's me who says I want to do it. And my poor body just has to come along. Um, 
so I just think like whatever we say we're going to do all the things that we enjoy doing we couldn't do them without our bodies we couldn't live this life without our bodies we couldn't breathe we couldn't experience so we just have to be so grateful and I think that's what having that operation taught me and that's how it changed things for me amazing absolutely amazing so you talk a lot about in your work how we can deal with negative situations in a way that benefits us so what would be your top tips for my listeners to do that in their own lives yeah so I think um for me using the the situations or the things that have happened to me as positives has been something that has is like an idea that um I I kind of really felt resonated with me but then I was like yeah but how do I actually do that and I remember um getting to a place where I would say that my sister dying was the best thing that had ever happened to me and people would be like oh, what do you mean how could you say that and I and I mean it from a perspective of um if there was like if in life we had a rewind button we could change things we could jump into another dimension where everything was exactly the way we wanted it that would be great but I feel like life happens so for example my sister died which is horrible and awful and I love my sister so much and if there was an option that I could bring my sister back of course I would do that but that isn't an option so if I spend my time thinking oh I wish I could have my sister back all I'm doing planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. ...is torturing myself. But if I look at it like, right, my sister has, is, is gone. Um, I'm going to go through my process of grief. That's absolutely fine. But how am I going to use this experience to make something positive? How am I going to use this experience to change myself and my life? What can I learn from it? How can I grow from it? Because that's it. Otherwise, what's the option? I give up and curl up in a ball and, and you know, and cry or the other thing is I take this lesson and do everything I possibly can with it to make myself better, to help other people become better and hopefully to make in a small way, make the world a better place. And we all have things that happen to us um, 
all the time that wouldn't be considered great or pleasurable or fun or even what we want. But I, I honestly believe that they are gifts and they're given to us so that we can learn and grow. We always have an, a choice. We always have an option. So when something happens to you, I think rather, rather than, than on, on emotion, which sometimes, you know, happens, we go, we click straight into emotion and we don't even become aware for a, for moment. a moment. When something happens, it's to, to become aware of the situation look at the situation um, from almost from your seat of awareness from an outside perspective and just see right okay this thing is happening and look, look at your choices look at the two ways you could go you could crumble you could cry you could lose you know lose your mind you can get upset, upset. or you could say what can i learn from this how, how can, can this make me stronger? how can this make me stronger um, or what is this showing me about myself where are my insecurities where do i need to do more work and and that's how I use those things that arise. And that they happen all the time. Stuff happens all the time. It doesn't have to be a big, huge thing, like somebody, you know, dying. It, it can literally be, I don't know, you're driving to work and someone cuts you up. I don't know if anyone's like me has major road rage. Like, it's the only place where I really lose, like, lose it while I'm behind the wheel of a car. But I've become really aware of that because now when I, I think I'm in a rush and someone is taking ages or whatever... I'm like, no, this is, this is the chance for me to rest. You know, this is a chance for me to be peaceful. This is a, so I'm just using every single situation as a way to learn. Um, and when those big things do happen, it's not to say that, you know, when, like when someone dies, I'm not saying, yay, woo, this is great. That's not what I mean. We have a grieving process because that's what we're meant to do. We're humans and it's there to protect us, to make sure that we come out the other side fine. But we also have a choice and our choice is how are we going to use this experience to make our life a better place? And, and that is our choice. That's the only choice that we really ever have. We can't affect the external world. We can, but I mean, we can't ch make changes in the external world. We make them in the internal world. And then the changes in the internal world affect the external world so we start inside and that's where our power is so yeah that's like a long way so yeah my tip my tips would just be to, to stop take a moment and look at the situation and see how you can flip it and use it to affect your life positively it's so so good that advice because a lot of the time, you know, I found it when I've spoken about, you know, turning a negative situation to a positive, people are like, well, if someone's died, like, how can that be positive? So it's amazing to hear your perspective with this, having lost two significant family members in your life, your loved ones, and, you know, the female roles in your life, that you can sit here now and say, actually, it was the best thing that could happen in a way, because it has, a, you know, given me almost this like permission to help others and step into who you're truly meant to be and I 100% agree with you like everything that happens in our life is either a blessing or a lesson and either way when you look back it's always going to be a valuable lesson a lesson which has got you to where you need to be in this life and I just love everything you said it's so true and I think it's going to be so valuable for anybody listening who is where you have been in that grieving process for sure. So what led you on to then becoming a radio presenter and now starting up your own self-help business from all of this? So I, when I, before I went traveling, I was kind of doing all of my YouTube entertainment stuff. I was presenting for One Extra and BT Sport. 
but I was not happy. I was like so confused about who I was, what I was supposed to do. I was incredibly insecure, constantly comparing myself to other people. Um, and I had the operation and then I had eight weeks off the other side of the operation. And that was like the first time I think where I'd actually stopped for a long period of time. And I guess like everything just kind of collapsed. And I was like, I don't know who I am. I do not, I don't know who I am. And that's when the little voice in my head was like, go traveling. Um, and I was like, that's crazy. I'm 31. People don't just quit their lives in their thirties and go traveling. And then the voice just kept going, go traveling. Um, and that went on for months. And it wasn't until I spoke to someone who was like in the industry about it. And they were like, Clary, you know, you've worked so hard. You can't just go and, you know, give up everything that you've worked for um, just when you're in the position that you're in now, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah, maybe they're right. But then the voice just kept going, go traveling. Um, and then I spoke to my friends about it and they were like, no, go. You should just go. After everything that's happened, just go do it. Like it will be the best thing that you can do. Um, so I did. And I decided to like literally pack up everything and and go travel um, and when I came back I I didn't know what I was going to do I'd spent like a month in a yoga school but it wasn't it was physical yoga but it was more so so the theoretical side of yoga so it's very much a lot of um, spiritual learning and I'd done a 10-day silent retreat and I just came back like very zen I think and then you know you quickly get it's, it's all well and good when you're in an environment where everyone is in that same frame of mind then when you go back into real life, um, it, it can very quickly change if you don't have like a set practice. And but I knew I felt like I needed I needed to go back into you know life. I could have just stayed in the yoga school um, and just probably stayed there for years. But I I knew that that wouldn't be the challenge for me because I wanted to be able to implement the feeling that I had in the yoga school, but to get it in in life. Um, and there was an opportunity for my best friend and I to take on a, a cafe and bar as a business, which we decided we'd do because I didn't know what I was going to do. Obviously, like the presenting stuff that I'd had before didn't wasn't existing anymore. I'd been gone for a year. The whole game had changed. Um, and so I spent, we had that business until we've just closed it now. So uh, on New Year's Eve was, was our last day. Um, and I was like, I love presenting and presenting is, is it found me I didn't find it and I was so shy and it really helped me um become someone who can talk who's a good communicator if you're listening to this podcast you probably wouldn't believe that I ever struggled to talk but um I did so I I just had this like I really this is what I want to do and I did some stuff for my YouTube channel and then um I'd kind of like drift in and out not very good at being consistent and uh, and then the opportunity at BBC Radio London came out of nowhere um and they're always the best ones it didn't I don't think it came out of nowhere obviously I wanted to get back into presenting but it wasn't even something I thought of it was a person who I hadn't spoken to for five years who brought my name up in a meeting um and then I was asked to come in and do a pilot and I got the show and yeah it, it's been over a year now and it's been beautiful um and it's made me really start to think about, right, you know, what other stuff do I want to do and how do I want to uh, um, progress my presenting career? But alongside that, I think one of the biggest things for me is that I know how I used to feel. I know who I used to be and I know the world that I lived in. Um, and I know that that world is now so different that it's like a million miles away from where I used to be. I know that I'm like a completely different person. 
and I want to share that with people. I, I know that there will be people who are in the place that I was in. And, and sometimes when you're in that place, you feel like there is no way out. There is, you know, there is no resolution. There is no solution. But I know that there is because I've been there and I've done it. And now I'm here. Um, and I think even when I was like a kid, I remember thinking I never want other people to feel like the way that I'm feeling now. I don't want other people to feel the way that I'm feeling now. How can I make sure that other people don't feel like this? So it's kind of like that um, ethos, I guess, of wanting to to make sure that other people don't feel the way that, that I've felt is something that's been running for a long time. But I also wanted to make sure that I got to a certain place in my life where I was like, yeah, now I have something to teach you. Like now I really have something to teach. Um, and And that, I guess, has been like the last, since the start of 2019, I forget we're in 2020 now, so I, I did a life coaching course actually in 2018 and I, it was, I didn't enjoy it. Um, and, and I don't think it gave me the tools. Maybe it wasn't for the, the type of coach that I wanted to be, but I don't feel like it gave me the tools that I needed. So I spent kind of quite a long time looking for the right course and um, I found it and I went to Toronto and, um, and did that coaching course, which is, uh, so it's an NLP practitioner, clinical hypnotherapy, um, and then a life and success coach. And now I've just got all of those tools and I'm molding them into to what I know has worked for me. Um, and yeah, so that I can help other people improve their lives. Because that's ultimately, what's the point of being unhappy when you don't have to be? Um, and there are ways that we can change. But like you've said in this interview, it is about responsibility. And I think as a coach you know that it's actually it's the person who does the work and you're just there to guide them so it's their choice to take responsibility of their life and then you're there to kind of guide that that um drive that they've got and to keep them going and to keep them on track and yeah it's just a beautiful experience to see somebody change and blossom and grow um and yeah so that's how it how it happened just out of a, a want and a desire for people not to feel the way that I felt. Beautiful. And it's great that you can bring this to mainstream media as well in terms of BBC Radio London and anything else you do, and even your podcast as well, that you can bring this to the masses and anybody listening might think, oh, actually that that really resonates with me. So I am a massive fan of what you're doing because I think the more we can speak about it publicly and on platforms like that, oh, it's just gonna help so many people. So my last question to you today then is, what is one piece of life advice that you would like to leave my listeners with? That's a good question. Um, what would be a good piece of life advice? I think the best, thing that I can say to people is that even if you don't feel it and even if you don't know it yet you are full of immense power like you are so powerful and you have the power to affect your life other people's lives and the world around you and I think we are taught from a very young age you know through the school system um, that we're kind of small individual people who need to go through life and tick this box and tick that box and get the house and get the car and have the family and that's going to be what leads us to happiness and I think that 
the sooner we realize that that's not the case, <laughs> the better it's going to be. And that's why I talk about revolution because I feel like it's like a revolution against everything that we're kind of taught because I, I think that our society, what it teaches us as sane and normal is actually insane. And what it teaches us is like, you know, insane as in like woo woo and hippy dippy is actually the most sane, sensible stuff. So I think, yeah, you, you just have to follow your, your knowing, your intuition and just work. Like, and I don't mean go out in the world and you know, work on your career because your career will come once you do the internal work on yourself. So if you aren't feeling happy, if you aren't feeling great, if you have depression, if you have anxiety, like all of those kind of things, they're like your, your internal guidance system waving at you saying, help me, help me, help me, look at me, look at me, look at me. And very often we're taught to kind of push them away, to pretend they're not there, um, you know, just get on with things. But you're actually going against them because they're there guiding you, saying, help, help, help. So I think it's just about tuning into yourself, listening to yourself, realizing that you have the power to change how you feel and, and to change your whole entire life. So don't ever forget that. If you're feeling helpless, just try to remember that fact and then go out there and seek help and invest in yourself. That's what this. That's why the coaching industry is is booming and doing so well because it works and people are realizing that that yeah maybe I can't do this on my own. I need a guide. I need some help. Right, I'm going to go and get this person. Spend the money. Do what you need to do because you only live this life once and you live it with yourself. So you might as well be the best version of you that you possibly can. And uh, yeah, and and you can do that. You can do it. No one else can do it for you. Yes. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So thank you so much, Clara, for coming on today. It's been such a pleasure having you here and obviously listening to your great pearls of wisdom. So where can my lovely followers find you if they want to find more about your work? So um, on Instagram, it's at Miss Clara Hermit because I registered Clara Hermit years and years ago and I have no clue what email or password I did it with. So it's just Miss Clara Hermit, but everything else is Clara Hermit. So it's C-L-A-I-R-A-H-E-R-M-E-T. Um, yeah, so my two main platforms, I would say, are YouTube and Instagram. Perfect. And have you got a website at all? Yeah, I have. It's clarahermit.co.uk. Perfect. And I will put a clickable link down below in the description box for you guys to head on over to that as well. Well, thank you so much, Clara. It's been such a pleasure as always. And I'm so confident that everybody listening will have absolutely loved this podcast episode. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. So thank you so much guys for joining me for another one of my podcast episodes today. I hope you have enjoyed Clara and I's conversation. As always, you can find Clara's website and information down below in the description box and you can find out more about myself, my coaching and my videos, etc., and everything I do all on my website, emmamumford.co.uk. So thank you so much guys for listening. I appreciate all your views and listens. Don't forget to subscribe if you're new here because I would love, love to see you again soon. And don't forget you can join my free Law of Attraction support group over on Facebook where you can join myself and other like-minded souls where we talk all things law of attraction and spirituality. I hope you have a great week, whatever you are up to, and I'll see you all next week for another podcast episode. Lots of love, guys. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.